This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. His name is Joe. He performs as Jay Gregory and he's next. And now from the legendary Studio B. So you're in Seattle with Gregor. This one was fun because I did not know what to expect from Joe. Pleasant conversations, gone back and forth on Twitter a million times, but I saw him come in for a show on 107.7 The End called Locals Only, and he came in fully painted up. I can't even describe his look because it's so awesome, and I wouldn't do it justice, but he came in fully prepared for that, so I didn't know what I was going to get. What I found was a charming, delightful sweetheart of a man who's making some incredible music and an opportunity for you to attend a show here in Seattle. He's very excited about this uh, this break that he's getting to headline one of our coolest venues. Yeah. I'll take this opportunity to get more, get more, in your more uh, stage performance <laughs> elements. Yeah, exactly. Closer to stage ready. <clears throat> um, so I've, uh, I've taken to... So weird. I've always done this, like, uh, skipping squares when you're walking and mm-hmm, stuff. Totally. Uh, I've taken to counting the seconds it takes to fill up the water. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that it's seven seconds worth of hot water from yeah. the machine to make my coffee in the morning. That's interesting, because I'm a barista, so I I think about things like that. It's crazy. Like, yeah. to, like I, I break down life into, like, smaller right. segments to understand it better. <laughs> I just ran and grabbed water, and that's why I'm I saying this nonsense. So. <laughs> Now, are you a Seattle kid? I am, born and raised. Wow. Local. And the band for the most part also? For the most part, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Really wild. Yeah, actually, uh, the drummer that we have right now, Davey Brozowski, who's incredible, uh, we like grew up, he was in a band called The Catheters, which was sure. you know, his band when he was a teenager and I was in Delure when I was a teenager. So it's funny that you know, 15 years later we came and played together. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun to have those reference points, you know, and... We can talk about Capitol Hill in the 90s and, you know. What a different game, even yeah. from the late 2000s. Right. It's like, uh, yeah. it's so different all the time. Yeah. Is there any space for musicians still there? <laughs> right. I, it, to live, I don't know, honestly. I mean. To, yeah, to create, to live, anything. Like, yeah. Where, as a musician, where do you have to, in order to afford your lifestyle as a barista musician, yeah. where do you have to live? Um, <laughs> it's a very interesting question. I, I was living in Tacoma up until about two months ago. Oh, wow. Um, and commuting into to my barista gig every morning. Wow. Train um, or something? or I was driving and I, I would just get up super early to kind of beat the traffic, which was getting up at four to, you know. I can relate. Because as soon as you get to like 445, yeah. I-5 is like done. It switches on. It's crazy, <laughs> like, wait, right? It's like a matter of a minute. But How's that possible? But yeah, so <clears throat> anyway, I was living down there to try to, you know, circumvent the rent situation uh, here in Seattle. And then I'm back now in the central district, just kind of crashing with friends, which, cool. you know, central district's the best neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And yeah. it's, it's like getting just a little bit of revival. I think it's going to not be as cool in like another yeah, couple of years, yeah. but right now it's like right at that cultural bubbling point where yeah. it feels real good. Yeah. I've actually worked at the coffee shop that I work at for 
almost eight years now in the Central District. So you've watched it. Yeah, so it's been really bizarre to see it, you know, and I actually grew up just down 23rd yeah. towards uh, Montlake a little bit, and uh, it's been wild, just, you know, eight years watching it. Everyone hates that Ike's Pot Shop, man. It's like, <laughs> like a real boiling point. In, it is, uh, yeah. You don't want to get me started on that one, <laughs> unless you do. <laughs> no, that's okay. We'll leave, we'll, we'll leave that out. Um, well, uh, when we were walking down here, you were saying that you just watched uh, one of the 4DX movies yeah, or something like that. Now, which, I, I've seen a vibrating seat movie before. Yeah. This what was, did you see? This was intense. It was the new Alien movie. Ooh. Which, <laughs> that's an appropriate response. Is it like, is it, um, that's one of those tension movies that yeah. I don't do well. I, I I watched an episode of Frasier yesterday where it was too tense for me. Like I can, <laughs> so I can't imagine Alien. I like your style. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I can only imagine the tension in there. Right, then, right. It's not just rumbling seats anymore? Right. No, I mean, there's aquatics Ooh, gross. <laughs> so there was a water feature that you could have you know turned on or off on your seat i had both of mine off yet was getting sprayed from god knows where yeah but, exactly so it would mist and then it would spray water uh but i don't do well with heights or rides yeah. and so they demo the seat like you're going on a roller coaster and i felt like i was eight years old like telling my friend like ah, i think i'm gonna have to go out in the hall like, yeah get me out of yeah, here like, this isn't gonna go well <laughs> but cool. it ended up being kind of cool that's cool so you played music in seattle for your whole life then it sounds yeah, like pretty much since i was 15 we did our first seven inch uh wow. <laughs> theory records uh yeah it was a a wild time we did it with aaron sprinkle um who's done a ton of local records uh here in seattle and from 15 on been basically just you know traveling touring gigging recording cool making coffee <laughs> up and down it looks like just from like snooping around up and down the west coast a whole bunch yeah pretty much west coast yeah it's, it's hard to get away from seattle it um, is, because yeah. everything is so far away exactly <clears throat> i grew up in new mexico and so oh, wow. i can relate to that where like you're in albuquerque and if you want to get to the next city it's eight hours away Yeah, exactly right it's, it's like so are you a f i guess does seattle afford you the opportunity to grow your music then if you want to or is it what are the difficulties of being here it's a great question i think uh you know the difficulties do revert back to what we're talking about with capitol hill and you know the cost of of living there and yeah, life creating yeah, and, and creating there you know a lot of the rehearsal spaces had to augment themselves or close and yeah. um where do know, people practice these days i'm sorry to no, ask a question fine. within a question no, but it's all good i mean crybaby's still kicking it um, where's that it's on capitol hill that's kind of the last holding on um there's one on 12th um that we were rehearsing at it's they're just expensive you know if you're in the city um we rehearsed down in a warehouse in georgetown which we're really fortunate to have access to it's been a long time since I've played in a band, and it was like 200 bucks a month for a room about, I don't know, probably like 12 by 12, something like this. Oh, that would be, I would I would do a backflip for that. <laughs> it was also in nowhere Arizona, so yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. fair. But it's, uh, what's, yeah. uh, what does a practice space cost a band these days? I mean, typically you're splitting it with three other bands, yeah. so you each have a corner, and each band would probably pay $400. <sighs> So if you do the math, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> for a room that's you know not much larger than this. Yeah, well, studios. Yeah, I don't know, probably about ten by uh, twelve, whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, it's close. It's only 150 square feet. About. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which is around there. So it's pretty well. So you put into the fact that you have to pay you know the rent from where you're living, then your rehearsal rent, and it's all going up. And it's like okay, so a lot of musicians are moving south. Uh, you know, like I did to Tacoma to try to mitigate it and. Wow. It's just wild. Is, is is there any affordability in Tacoma? I know a lot of people from Seattle are moving to Everett and Tacoma yeah, right now, but right. I mean, is it, is it even affordable down there? 
It is. I mean, if if you're looking to buy, definitely it's like oh. But how about as a band? But as a band, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you could definitely get a super killer, you know, Victorian house in a good neighborhood, like well under what you would pay here. I mean, it and could just, be reasonable. Like, and then maybe try and practice there. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, everybody pays five hundred bucks for a room, and then you rehearse in the basement. I mean, I've lived in houses like that, and and that used to be a thing here in Seattle, but not anymore within the city. <laughs> so how do you navigate, I guess, the getting older mm-hmm. and yeah. fighting to to make it worth it versus yeah. the pressures of like, I got to live in another house with five people. Yeah, I got to right, couch totally. surf to make it work. Like, Yeah, exactly. How does that weigh on you? It's a heavy burden. It is like, I mean, you don't have, uh, you know, structure often or, you know, stability in the traditional senses. Uh, but at the same time, you do have this freedom and this ability to to follow your dreams and you know create your art and your passion and and you know satiate yourself that way um so it's it's a trade-off um but you know i I think that the real problem with artists getting moved out of the city is that they become less concentrated and then it's harder to share ideas and yeah we can do it on the internet and all those things but there's something to be said for getting in a room with people and playing music together yeah sharing ideas and, and talking, you know, face to face. Well, if you want to have a cool job in Seattle and you work in Tacoma or you live in Tacoma, that's tough. Yeah. Man. Exactly. How long do you keep a drummer that doesn't right. want to do that after a while? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's the thing too, is that you've got three other, four other people's lives and yeah. schedules. And As you get older, are you finding that other people can't hang? Yeah. I mean, it definitely weeds out the, uh, you know, the partiers and the actual people that love music. <laughs> It must be interesting to watch, I guess, over time. Yeah, it is. I mean, I try to just focus on what we're doing and mm-hmm. and not let, you know, too much of, of what's going on around us dictate where we're going. Yeah. Um, and so far, that's been good for us. How about that Upstream Music Festival? <clears throat> we had a great time at that. Now, I, the what started this whole thing off is that uh, I see you on the internet all the time, and that's yeah. fun, but yeah. um, Stephen Graham spoke so highly of you. What, that's actually not even fair. Let's back this up even a little more. You came on Locals Only, yeah. um, and here you are, shirt off, pink arm, <laughs> yeah. uh, makeup on, yeah. like full on, yeah. and it's such an image. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> This guy's a, this guy's a, got a screw loose. Right? I love it. A couple. <laughs> yeah. And then Stephen Graham, uh, the host of Locals Only on 107.7 The End, he spoke so highly of your performance at Upstream. Yeah. Which is awesome. So I'm glad yeah. that we could make this all work out. Totally, but I'm curious to see what you thought of Upstream, because I've heard various different opinions, but as yeah. I haven't really talked to any artists yeah. that played it. How did yeah. you feel about that? I honestly thought it was a huge success. I thought it was super cool for the community. And like to piggyback on what our last conversation was, it's like you need to get people together. You need to get artists and musicians together. And, you know, they really did a great job. They took care of bands, local bands. They paid us really well for, you know, being local artists without big draws. And they treated everyone really well professionally. You know, it was really cool to be in Pioneer Square and have these non-traditional venues be incorporated. So, you know, the city is actually seeing inside the city and actually getting to go see historic Pioneer Square. And yeah, because when I think of Pioneer Square right now, I think of it smelling kind of like yeah, pee a little right, bit. Exactly. And then about like a lot of people that have like drug problems sure, and stuff. Yeah. And it's like not necessarily a pretty picture. No, definitely. Exactly. So it seemed really rad to have yeah. all the, to have a different presence there to yeah. like uh, something around art. Totally. And to invigorate that area and, you know, make you think it, it. You think it's got a future? I do. I honestly do. I, I feel really excited about it. I know there's, 
I mean, for a first year festival, I think they killed it. I mean, it was really well Shout-outs to Paul Allen. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, whoever, you know, Paul and his team, they did such a good job. Just to throw a little money at something, too, yeah. to make it... To, to spotlight a, yeah. a part of the city like that. Totally. And I mean, that really, you know, for, if you think about 15 and 16 year olds right now that are in high school going, oh my gosh, upstream music, maybe we could do that. And then they're putting their demo together and then they're getting excited about that being a goal for them. And that's how, you know, young bands get together and get excited and get better. On the flip side, though, how about how Pioneer Square used to be a place that music happened? It was the kind Velvet of... Velvet Elvis was my favorite venue that we... It was right there next to Base Northwest. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was a Does that... Great how does that spark, us. like, your, like, uh, childhood memory of Yeah, there? I mean, I have, like, very strong memories. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that was a, a little theater. It was all ages. It was in the heart of Seattle. You know, it was a beautiful setting. And so... You know, I played that as a 17-year-old, and that really, like, helped, you know, embed this, like, deep love of my city and playing music in it. And so, for me, Upstream really, like, brought that back home to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was walking uh, out of the, our set, basically, after I sang the last song, and it was this surreal moment, kind of walking on those brick streets and the trees and thinking, wow, like, you know, 15 years ago, was this little kid playing in this theater and... And here we are know. again? Yeah, and here we are now, and it's so cool. Now, before Upstream, yeah. you seem like a pretty positive guy, so maybe this yeah. question won't, I won't get the depth that I'm looking for, <laughs> but like... Oh, I can get deep. <laughs> how did you feel, like, it was, that was a real eye-opening thing. There were so many cool local bands that got together, and like, I see a lot of names pop up and come and go and stuff, but yeah. to see that many at one time. Yeah. How did you feel about the local music scene, though, before Upstream kind of put everyone together? What was the health of the local Seattle scene? It's interesting. Um, hmm, it's a good question because I think you know you have your little sections of the scene, um, and Upstream I think did a really good job of organizing them so you could see them. So now that I've seen what the stages were and how those bands went together, it's like, oh yeah, that's that scene and that's that scene. Oh, interesting. And so now I actually in retrospect can say the scene is really strong <laughs> like it's stronger than i thought it was that's how i was feeling about it too you seeing all mean? this stuff to be like i again i just a couple names at a time yeah and I, like and i know that there's a kind of like a cool like uh women fronted kind of like surf rock yeah, thing that yeah. we have here which is <laughs> right. very very strange yeah, for where yeah. we're at yeah, but totally, also yeah. it's rad and fun yeah. but like i just I guess I don't see enough of it. I don't put, invest enough time into it either, so it's probably my own fault, but to really think like, wow, there's a really vibrant scene until we see that. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like you have a piece of that scene? Ah, That's a tough one for me because I always feel like an outsider. <laughs> so I, And I kind of I prefer I get a lot of work done alone, and you know, I am kind of an introspective person cool. <laughs> when I'm not, you know, out in public. <laughs> how does that challenge or how does that make it more or less challenging for you to be an artist in a scene like that if you like if you prefer to be Yeah, it is really hard cuz honestly I have, you know, depression and anxiety issues that that make even things like this hard and, you know, You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but um but you know, a lot of being in a band isn't playing your guitar in your room like it started for me. It's being social and you know playing for other people and so it's something that I work on daily with you know getting over 
those kind of fears and social fear based stuff. It's weird though, right? It's it like it, it sucks to even um, even just to walk into a new environment. And there's a bunch of people you don't know. Yeah. It's like real easy to be like, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Bye. <laughs> like actually, I left something in the car. Yeah, exactly. And but, then like hide out until you see someone you know. Yeah, and then, like, right. Okay. Right. And you know, it's interesting because I've been uh, I've been around several pretty famous musicians, and you think they're these like larger than life characters that are just so outgoing and excited and they're nervous they're scared they're like anybody else you know okay so well then that's interesting because how does that inform your choices that you make on stage then mm. do you feel like a totally different person when you get up there and it's now spotlights are on and it's go for it it's interesting i i <laughs> i transport to a different universe it's weird i don't know when that click happens but there's some moment right when i get on stage that i leave this planet <laughs> cool yeah and <clears throat> it's weird because i won't really i mean i kn- i'm in the music very deeply um so i know that world and that landscape very well but if i look at things like pictures or video later i'm like what the hell was going on <laughs> like I, I didn't see any of that <laughs> like oh it's fantastic yeah and like people in the crowd they're like you know, I've had friends say like, oh my gosh, you were staring at me the whole time. I was like, I did not even know that was you. Like, you know, <laughs> someone I know really well. Like, That's a weird thing. Like even just from, I have very little on stage performance yeah. uh, experience, but even just going up and being like, hi everybody, yeah. here's the band. Totally. The spotlights that are on you, you don't see anything. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. Maybe a couple kids in the front or whatever, yeah, but other but than like, that, it's like, also no face the, recognition. <laughs> and also those spotlights are a lifesaver because yeah. they're performing to an a crowd exactly. as a whole, not yeah, as like, exactly. like there's Aunt Susie yeah, or whatever. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So then beyond that, not just turning into a alien yeah. on stage yeah, and yeah, going totally. for it, letting the music yeah. fly around. Yeah. What What are your choices and your decisions to make when it comes to your image yeah. on stage? How do you like cultivate that? Yeah. It's interesting. It, it did kind of start from concepts that we're talking about with... So the first time I ever worked in a major recording studio, it was the Hearse in Berkeley, California, with Mark Needham and Jeff Saltzman. And what have they done? They have done The Killers and Dolly Parton and just huge records. But The Killers and I were in there doing our demos. Theirs for Hot Fuss and mine for the record. They got me signed to Geffen. Wow. And what record was that? Uh it never came out. Oh. It was a long, arduous battle. Okay, we'll finish that first but, thought. We'll get back to that. <laughs> but, um, so I was a big drinker back then in those days, and uh, that was how I tried to cope with my anxiety and, you know, all that stuff. Not surprising. Yep. And so uh, I was in this studio, and the session was going really well, and I was kind of new to singing. I don't, I've never been trained. I've never taken a lesson. So it was like I was a little getting my legs underneath me, you know? And I was just nervous as I've ever been in my entire life. I was shaking and I couldn't drink enough Jack Daniels to steady my hand. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I ended up just taking all my clothes off and was like, if I'm nervous about being naked, maybe I won't be nervous about singing and maybe my voice will sound good. <laughs> and it worked. And we got the, the demos got assigned to Geffen. <clears throat> and so fast forward to Jay Gregory mm-hmm. and... I have recently become sober when I started the project. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Three and a half years now. Oh, wow. Uh, thank you, thank you. And um, so this show that we were going to play uh, December 2015 at the Crocodile was the first time in my entire life that I was going to perform without alcohol. And I was like, 
having those panic moments of like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so I was like thinking about, okay, well, what can I do on stage to help root me and ground me and bring it back to reality? And so I thought about that experience with Mark Needham in the studio and how that, you know, calmed me down. And so I thought, okay, if I rip off a pant leg, that's a little bit closer. And if I don't have my shirt on, that's a little bit closer. And then if I have these uh, burlesque, boylesque statues with me that were all painted basically naked, you know, that would calm me. And so anyway, that show went off just smashingly. And it was such an amazing feeling to have done it sober and to have had such a warm reception and just the vibe backstage after the show was as good as it's ever been. What positive reinforcement is that, you yeah, know? Like, you know? How, I mean, what a great just, feeling. It, it really was. And and I didn't know, honestly, before that, I didn't know if I could ever do that again. I, I was at the point of like, I don't know that I can ever tour or play because I could only do that with alcohol, I thought, you know? So after that show, it was just like a, a game changer for me. It must be so difficult because music and alcohol yeah. are like th- the places where music is usually performed, yeah. is places where alcohol is served. Totally, and I'm all for it. I mean, I'd be the first person to pour my bandmates shots and <laughs> load them up, but <laughs> um, but for me, it just didn't work. But Now, you'll have to forgive me. I shouldn't lead like that, but... I always assumed hearing your music, I go, God, there's some, it's, it's really cool pop music. Totally. Yeah. But I'm like, there is some, it's been touched a little bit by a different time period. It does feel like the killers a little bit. (laughs) I mean, there's all different, I I hear war on drugs in there. This is a game I don't like playing. I don't like being like, you sound like this because, but there is a, there's a reference point here though, because Mark Needham who mixed hot fuss mixed are two singles that we're working next. Yeah, okay, so that, it feels that so way. So there but is then, that element in but there. But as soon as I started thinking that way, I was yeah. like, find something more. So yeah, it's not yeah. just like, that sounds like the killers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, there's the war on drugs I hear yeah, there. Yeah. I even hear a little U2 yeah, in yeah, there. Totally. And Spotify says that. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> who, who else do you think shapes your sound? Um, it's interesting because, you know, most of what I listen to at home is like, Bobby Womack and Aretha Franklin and just like 60s Marvin Gaye like that's just I'll always have that on you know Um, but I think that my influences musically come more from like the Eurythmics The Cure you know, Sunny Day Real Estate was a big one for me. Um, um, were you watching them or playing it beside them maybe? Jeremy Enoch? Yeah. For the thing, no, I had to do an interview, so I couldn't watch it. <laughs> he did the whole Frog Queen record, I think. But um, but we get a lot, like the New Order. Terrible timing on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> but um, but I get Peter Gabriel a lot with my voice. and So there's a lot of that like darker 80s synth stuff, I think, that comes through. That's fun. Though. Yeah, which I love. I mean, I love all that stuff. It's cool because, uh, yeah, that darkness, it's like, because it's, it's, it feels really good. Listening to your music feels yeah. really good. Yeah. But also, there's like just a little dark streak through it. Totally. I think it's true to be, I mean, a lot of the songs deal with my alcoholism and depression and anxiety, you know, so there's these kind of gnarlier <laughs> weights at the bottom of the songs that kind yeah. of, you know, or where they from. But, um, but I think as you're maybe seeing now with my personality, like, there's also that tone of like optimism and, yeah. um, and so I, I think that does come through in the music. It's really uplifting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is that uplifting tone to it. It, it yeah. feels really good to like. It makes me feel good to yeah. listen to your music. I love that. I which love is that. like, I guess, kind of like a rather than just being like, nah, "This is boring." Yeah, <laughs> like, right, or no, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
I'm, and I'm discovering this as I'm telling you this. Like, yeah. I'm like, uh, so forgive me if I'm fumbling no, over it a fine. little bit. But it's like, it does feel good to listen to them. The, we yeah. should talk about, actually, specifically, I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. I'm practicing my cursive, so I wrote Ooh, in cursive. Nice. Uh, a fancy journal. A, 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 thank you. <laughs> a nine-song EP, is that correct? Indeed. Called Gold Teeth and Glass Eyes. The two uh, big songs that you're uh, working on for Airplane and whatnot are Cave Birds and E-Flower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nailed it. Yeah, I'm proud of myself for this. Okay, interview over. Yeah. I, I did my part. He dropped the mic, people. <laughs> um, but they do they they do inspire me to feel good. What is yeah. what's the reaction like when you're performing? How are people responding to this music? It's interesting. I, you know, this the live show is really intense. Like I said, like you know, I'm in a different world, and so. When I see pictures again, it's like, wow, I'm so intense and I'm so, you know, pensive and thoughtful and and a lot of the songs can choke me up. And so a lot of what I get feedback wise is blown away, not by much other than like just the impact of it. Like, whoa, like. I took I took them somewhere, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, as an Which artist, is, is that yeah. the goal? I mean, it is. So it's weird. That's why I was kind of like carefully choosing my words. I'm like, I don't want to overstate this, but that's really been the response. Do you? It's probably a combination. But what do you feel like your music does for you more? Serves as a way to move others or to solve your own riddles and problems? That's a great question. I mean, because yeah. I think it's probably both because I'm, and there's an element of, you know, the songs teach me stuff later after I've written them. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's totally where I was at in my life at that time. And I didn't even see it. I wasn't there, you know? Oh, wow. um, <clears throat> but, but at the same time, like it has always been something that meant a lot to me to like make other people feel good and, and to, to, I, I know for music, for me, music was a savior and it, you know, made me feel good in real times of darkness. And so I always thought like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to be, you know, someone that can offer that to the world. And so there's a big element of that. Do you ever feel like you go for something and you're not ready for it and it has an effect on you then, like whether it's performance or from trying to write or is there a line for you inside of yourself that you still haven't crossed? Hmm, Interesting. There a line for me. I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of lines. <laughs> I think there's a lot left to do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I was talking about this with our publicist earlier, and you know, we're getting so excited about this tour that's coming up and this show at the Crocodile that'll be our first headlining show in Seattle. Um, and the band is just coalescing right now in such a huge way, and we're so excited about the record. And so when I think about taking it out on the tour, I'm just like, I can't wait to do this every night and to get bigger and better. And so we were talking about how once we can get to a little bit bigger stages and we can do a little bit more production, you know, I have all these like seemingly crazy ideas cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> for stage design and like show concepts and stuff, but I'm super excited about them and I I can't wait to actually bring those into, you know, life and flesh. So I guess what I was getting at is like you're dealing with being in recovery for now for three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. And like, do you have to like 
tiptoe around anything? Do you oh, yeah. feel like there's any like still a raw nerve that you haven't tackled yet inside of you? No, I mean, I'm doing a lot of self work <laughs> and through the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I don't feel like I have it figured out by any means, but, um, man, alcohol just like totally ruined my life in so many ways. So at this point it is like a fire that I don't want to touch. Like it's, well, it's really interesting because you seem very, uh, you've come to terms with it, which yeah, is, a, which yeah. is a refreshing thing for somebody who yeah. is, um, to talk to somebody who is, so obviously affected by it, but also understands that. That's yeah. like that's that's nice. And I don't know if you have to like still like in if you're still battling it internally because yeah. externally you're projecting like you've that you're happy that you made yeah. the choice that you did. Totally, yeah. And I don't go to AA or do any of that. Um, I do therapy and yoga and meditation and like oh, I have a bunch of like self care mindfulness stuff going on. But um, yeah, for me, it's just like. It, it, I was hitting my head against the wall so many times. I'm like, why am I doing? I got to stop doing this. <laughs> so that's incredible to be yeah. able to uh, to be able to understand that you need to change, yeah. and then be able to actually do it are two very difficult steps. And I'm I'm making the story brief, but it wasn't as simple as that. But ultimately, that is like the final step. Was I just had to say it's nobody else's problem but mine, and I got to do something about it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Good job. Congratulations. Thank you. That's Thank really you. cool. Thank you very much. I guess, what what do you, you say you see a bigger stage for yourself, you see some fun production that goes on. Yeah. How long have you worked on what you're, what you're messing with now? Yep, um, it's been evolving, and right now we really hit our stride. We just flew back to New York and did this big photo shoot, video shoot for Refinery29, which is this amazing fashion culture blog. Cool. <clears throat> but that was kind of like, okay, we came to the where we're at now with the stage look. Um, but it's been about an eight month process of us, like me and my makeup artist, John Barber, <clears throat> we've kind of been trying to take it to a deeper level. He's, you know, I want him to know what these songs are about, where they're from on a deep level. And so we've kind of like together through that and those conversations kind of developed this look and what it feels like. Cool. And so it, to me that like when and it was so interesting when we did this shoot in New York, it went so well, it was so exciting. And as soon as like they took the makeup off, I just instantly switched character like back to this, like how you're seeing me now. But before I was very professional, very serious for the shoot. And all the people shooting it were like, that was so amazing. As soon as he touched your face with the makeup, you went into character. Cool. And then as soon as it was off, you were off. And it was interesting to think of that. And so that just made me think of what you were talking about earlier with, you know, leaving the stage and going to a different universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it's fantastic to be able to get to perform like that. Do you have any other performance experience? Have you done any Never. other stage things? No, I mean, I won't even sing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sing at birthday you have a parties. Voice. <laughs> it's like, a, the, the, uh, I'd like to pay you that compliment because maybe you'll be I able to use that it. as a little bit of karaoke in the future yeah, right? or something. <laughs> exactly. Where does that come from? How do you. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I really I did teach myself how to sing by literally pressing the piano on the lowest note that I could, uh, <laughs> you know, and then chromatically go up as far as I could and hold my breath. And Are you trained as a musician at all, or did you um, figure it out on your... Self-taught on all the instruments. I mean, I play guitar, bass, piano, upright bass, but uh, I learned, you know, saxophone in school, but okay. outside of that, everything's oh, self-taught, but... Where'd you grow up around here? Um, Kind of in the Montlake yeah. area. That's yeah. cool. What, what high school did you go to? 
Uh, if you don't want to say that's fine, I don't care. Yeah, I'd rather pass. <laughs> pass. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, yeah. so you're performing at the Crocodile. Yeah. Um, so what's the date on that? I don't it's have it June before. 24th, which is Saturday. Uh, June 24th. Of, oh, that means it's actually a show I could even go yeah, to. Yeah, you should be there. Okay, cool. So June 24th at the Crocodile. Which a, this is like a dream come true for me show. <laughs> of course. I mean, with the history of that place. Yeah, and then to and be able to, I'm sure you've seen a million shows there as well. Totally. And it's the first time we'll ever be headlining. I'll ever have headlined the crocodile which will you do anything special for it do you have any i've got a couple like really aggressive ideas (laughs) (laughs) but uh it'll be a blowout for sure and it's pride weekend too so it's gonna be just like a total like crazy weekend and yeah it's gonna be super fun okay so the crocodile on the 24th and then also um i think this is public but you're doing a little tour up the west coast yeah, or whatever totally. and you'll play in bellingham also if people yep. want another yep. chance there la totally. and all the way but also then this fall or just before fall happens you're gonna play at bumbershoot yeah bumbershoot's totally. a different beast than it used to be yeah what has what's your feeling about going to this like kind of new and like bigger bumbershoot music yeah. experience it's so interesting i Bumbershoot was the first concert I ever attended as a kid. Like probably for free or for like <laughs> ten bucks. It was or seven dollars. Like yeah, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was like you know Foo Fighters and Beck and all these like huge artists of the time for seven dollars. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know this the spirit of it then. It, it's hard from a fourteen and fifteen year old's reference. It was like Mecca. It was like the greatest experience of my life. You know. Um, and then you get older and you're more concerned about where's the you know, beer garden and where's this and that and it gets more stressful. Um but but it's such a cool event and it's so cool that it happens in Labor Day in Seattle and it really is like just in my mind such an epic nostalgic event for me. So when we got the offer sheet, I literally cried. I was like, This I can't believe we're playing Bumbershoot. <laughs> Things are really coming together for you. Yeah, they are. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited. Does it feel like all the hard work you've put into it is starting to pay some dividends? It is, and it's it's just having the response of the audience be so overwhelming and kind, and that that is just like so validating for the hard work, you know? Because I mean, we work. I work probably sixteen-hour days. <laughs> And half spent making coffees and half six spent. hours at coffee and 10 on music. I mean, it's every day. There's so much to be done booking tours and setting up rehearsals and writing new songs. And yeah, there's, a, I mean, it's a know, whole business. It's a full on business. Yeah. And I think yeah. lots of people head towards it as artists that don't understand how to tackle that. Yeah. I'm sure you've learned your lessons over the years oh, yeah, of, big time. of how to do that. <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, exactly. Such, yeah. Seems like all musicians that are still yeah. going at it in, uh, after they've turned 30 yeah, are learning the hard way. Yeah, we're a weathered group. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. um, Jay, Ge- Jay Gregory, good God. <laughs> Joe and the group Jay Gregory performing um, for the t- June 24th at the Crocodile. Yeah. That's a big, fun time. It's going to be awesome. Man, thank you so much for coming and thank talking. Thank you, man. It's super cool to My be able pleasure. to sit down. You're such a character, and then to just see you as just such a nice uh, human being is really fun. So. Thank you. You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at HeyGregor. Find more episodes online at SoYou'reInSeattle.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog, Joe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.